0: Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet, Post Daily Dose. Hey, what's up Facebook family? Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guidance servant on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa, Brian Post, looking a little, looking a little uh, frayed with the dreadlocks today. It's a little hot here in Chico, California, Um, 105, freaking hot. I mean, it's, uh, contrast that to Crescent City, which is, uh, 65. <laughs> I see why people vacation up there a lot. But anyway, I hope you guys are doing fantastic. Uh, this is one of those days where I literally feel like one of those Yuba City chickens. You know, the wild, if you didn't know Yuba City, wild chickens run around all everywhere. I feel like one of them Yuba City chickens just run around with no head. Woo! Plus it is hot, so anyway, um, I wanted to talk to you guys today about how to deal with your child when they don't like your decision. Um, very common, I'm sure, that many of you encounter, your children don't like your decision, they throw tantrums, they get upset, they get scared, they get sad, hello Mimi, so lovely to see you. And they yell and scream and cuss and hit stuff and threaten to break stuff. And it happens all the time, I am sure, in your world. And so, you know, I just went through a little situation with a kiddo, um, kind of did did not like at all his parents' decision. But at the end of the day, it's the parents' decision. So how do you deal with that? How do you deal, how do you help your child deal when they don't like your decision and here's the thing I always want to layer this because it's very very important it has to do with boundaries and limits and so there's a big part of parental guilt and shame that plays out in our difficulties with boundaries and limits and enforcing them That that is really important When you set a limit or when you say something's going to be a certain way and your child rebels against it, if you become stressed and you become guilty, you start feeling guilty, you are likely to give in. And if you give in, you set a precedent. You set a precedent that is unfair to you and it's unfair to your child now if you become stressed and you start threatening your child because this would probably be one of the most common approaches to dealing with our children when they don't like our decisions as you threaten them more now the problem is that it's like what bruce perry says anytime we encounter a novel event we perceive that event as a threat until deemed otherwise i'm going to say that again because it's really really important anytime you encounter a novel event The brain perceives that event as a threat until deemed otherwise. That could not be more understated today or overstated. What's the word? I'm not sure. Anyway, when you ask your child to do something and they don't like it and they rebel, Hello there, Johnny. From Michigan I bet it's much cooler in Michigan but maybe it's hot there what's the temperature in Michigan Johnny when you when you make a decision and your child doesn't like it the reason they don't like it now listen to this is because initially their brain perceives it as a threat and what happens when the brain perceives something as a threat it immediately constricts into survival so we go into a state of fear and if the state of fear climbs too high, we tap into our brainstem and we drop into our trauma. So this is, oh, Johnny, it's smoking in Michigan also. Bless you. Hope you can get to uh, the uh, Great Lakes and cool off a little bit. Man, I sure did enjoy my time at, um, where was that at? I was in Michigan a couple of years, last year? Was it last year? I think it was last year. Last May, um, it was at one of the resort, Lake Traverse. Traverse City, Traverse City, Michigan. Woo, hoo hoo! I need to go back there. That was so pretty, that water was so pretty, it was amazing. So when your child perceives that decision or that request as a threat, they become stressed and they drop into their amygdala and their amygdala potentially opens up the brain stem, could open up trauma, could open up any manner of things. Here's the key. The key is that you can't allow yourself to get overwhelmed. This is where we go. This is where we get off track. This is where we go astray. When we as parents get overwhelmed, then all the guilt starts to stir up and then our own stress possibly activates our brain stem. Erica Ramirez-Lee, aloha from Hawaii. So good to see you. Our brainstem gets activated, guys. This is the biggest part of the problem. The problem is not your your child rebelling. The problem is not your child yelling. It's not your child threatening. It's not your child, you know, acting out. Whatever it is they're doing, the biggest part of the problem is when we get overwhelmed. When we get overwhelmed and we get stressed, that's what happens. We lose the ability to be present, we lose the ability to be connected, we lose the ability to be mindful and considerate and understanding and accepting and supportive and encouraging. When was the last time you said to your child, who's upset, you deserve to be upset, I'd be upset if I was you too. I would be upset, you deserve to be mad, you deserve to be, to yell it out, you deserve how you might feel. I really cannot imagine how you might be feeling. I don't know. And that is, that's terrible. I wish I did, but I don't. All I can tell you is that you deserve to feel how you're feeling. Now, here's the other thing. See, this is where parents get really freaked out too. We start talking about property damage. When kids are, are, so here's what happens. You got a kid, he's hitting the wall. Bam. Bam, bam, and he's mad and he's yelling and you're threatening him. You're telling him, stop hitting that wall. If you knock a hole in that wall, something's gonna, you know, blah, blah, blah. But see, here's what you're doing. You're jacking up the stress. You're increasing the intensity. And as you're increasing the intensity, you're increasing the negative feedback loop. But if you were instead saying, I know you're mad. I know you're mad. I don't want you to hurt your hand. Please don't hurt your hand, but you deserve to be mad. Gosh, I I know you need to hit the wall. Hit it harder, I guess. My goodness. You're so upset. And when your child hears that energy instead of it threatening them, it's actually supportive to them. And when it's supportive and not threatening, guess what? I'm not making this stuff up. This stuff comes from the decade of the brain. When your child is not feeling more threatened, They have a much greater likelihood of their thinking coming back online. They have a much greater likelihood of their intensity dialing down. So they hit that wall a little less hard. Not that they stop hitting it. They hit it a little less hard. right? They don't stop. They hit it a little less hard. Because then what's happening when you're not increasing the threat. When you're not increasing the threat, you're giving them a greater opportunity to get up out of their brainstem, into their amygdala, closer to their ability to think clearly, closer to their ability to remember, closer to their ability to feel. Some of your children, when they get stressed out, they can't, they're not feeling anything. So, bam, they're hitting, bam, 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 and you're yelling and they're more stressed, they're hitting more. They're not feeling, their adrenaline's totally jacked up. But when you can keep yourself from getting overwhelmed and you can stay present and you can look at that wall and you can say, oh, maybe he's going to put a hole in it. I hope he doesn't break his hand. I can fix that hole, but I hope he doesn't break his hand. And you tell him, I hope you don't hurt your hand. Buddy, buddy, oh gosh. See, you pull you pull down the anxiety. You, 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 you pull the fuel away. And then all of a sudden, instead of getting being overridden by adrenaline and amygdala hijack, he's like, bam, he hits that. I just had this happen today. I just had it You guys think I make this stuff up? I don't make this stuff up. I'm working with kids and families all day long, every day. I don't make this stuff up. I watch the kid hit the window. Boom, boom, boom. Now luckily, he was a little kid. I knew he wasn't gonna break the window, but I watched him hit it. And guess what? The more I said, buddy, you are so mad. I get it. I understand. The more he started hitting that window and looking at his hand. He didn't stop. Bam, bam, bam. But he started looking at his hand. And guess what? As soon as he starts looking at his hand, it's all over. It is all over. Now, am I prepared for that window to get broke out? Yes, I am. I'm prepared. I'm not going to be happy about it. It's going to make me really sad. It's going to make me really scared for him. But I'm prepared. But then more than anything, because I am staying regulated, because my thinking is online, I can actually gauge the intensity that he's hitting it. If he's just hit, tapping it hard, it ain't gonna break. I don't have to get all stressed out. I remember the first time that happened was a kid in my group home. Hello, Betty Joe. hello, Tammy, and hello, Jason. The first time that happened was with a kid in a group home in Virginia. He, he man, he, He's a little amygdala got switched. he was drinking some hot chocolate at the kitchen table. And he just went, bam! He smashed that coffee cup up against the wall. Hot chocolate went everywhere. All the other kids were like, this is a new kid. All the other kids were like, oh my God, what happened, what happened, what happened? And I told him, you guys get out of here. Get out of the kitchen. Didn't say nothing to him. Get out of the kitchen. They turned around and they exited. That's what relationship does. Relationship allows you that kind of power. That's what relationship allows you, power, not power from the need to control, but power with the ability to influence. See, big difference. So once I shoot him away, I went and I just stood by the counter, and I just stood there, and I just kind of looked at him, and I kind of looked away and kind of looked at him, didn't say anything, and he was just sitting there. (laughs) I think I might have said, dang, buddy, that's about it. And then he got this little shard of, of, of broken glass from the cup and he started kind of scraping his forearm, scraping his forearm. He ain't, ain't going to slit his wrist. He's just scraping it. He's just scraping. Guess what? If I stress him out, he's probably really going to puncture himself. But I didn't. I just sat there and I watched him. And I watched him and I watched him. I watched him until he got just a little drop of blood. And then I walked over put my hand on top of his. I said, buddy, we're not gonna do that. And I just took the little shard, he just gave it right up, took the little shard away from him, went and tossed it in the trash, and I went back over to my corner. And I said, what happened? And of course, he got mad. He got mad about the other kids. They They were teasing him or something. And that incident, I think, lasted for about five minutes, and then he went and laid on the couch and passed out. That tells you how stressed out he was. I'm reading your I'm reading your comment, Erica. We ended up going to the beach and have a wonderful you know, fan. Good for you, good for you, good for you. When we don't get completely dysregulated, oh my god, it's so hard. I know this was happening. I've, I've, I've got a parent who this is happening with right now. When we don't get completely dysregulated, we stay in our frontal lobe, and when we stay in our frontal lobe, our heart has the ability to stay open and we can be empathetic and we can be connected. We can be understanding. Doesn't mean we don't get a little scared. I felt sad for the little boy today felt sad for him and I told him, buddy, I don't even understand. I don't, I don't understand, I've never been in your situation but I get it. I get why you're upset, you deserve to be upset and, and I'll talk to him later about it too. But when we are stressed, we constrict into survival and that's what your kids do. Your kids constrict into survival. And when your kids constrict into survival, they're not feeling pain, they can't care about who they hurt or what they break, they don't care. They're in freaking survival. The challenge is for us to stay out of survival ourselves. When we can stay out of survival ourselves, we keep our heart open to love, and love is where your real power is at. Love is where your real understanding is at. Love is where real healing is at. That's where That, that's, that repetition through love is so powerful. It, it creates change instantly. Instantly. In any given situation, we always have two choices. You can continue to react from the same blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm. You can continue, you can continue, you can continue, you can continue. Or you can stop, you can slow down, you take three to ten deep breaths or a hundred breaths. Slow down and choose love. I hope you guys will choose love at Every possible opportunity. And when fear gets too big and fear drives you, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Don't shame yourself. Don't blame yourself. Just learn from it and do better the next time. Relationship. Relationship is the single most important thing. Focus on the relationship. And you can get through anything. God bless each and every one of you. Big Papa loves you. Hope you have a fantastic evening. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Crazy times, crazy times around here, but I'll probably see you tomorrow. All right, good night, everyone.